Welcome to 502 Entrepreneurs, Louisville's podcast featuring local business owners, entrepreneurs, and side hustlers, all who have a story to tell. I am your host, Carl Armijo, owner and operator of Carl Armijo Photography. Our guest today is Charlie Sims, former owner of CrossFit Regeneration and current business consultant with Micro Gyms. It's time to keep it weird with Charlie. Charlie. How's it going today? Man, it's been too long since we've hung out. Yeah, Carl. it's been, I want to say a year and a half. Close maybe. to a year, maybe a little more, maybe, yeah. Maybe maybe two, but mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, it's good to see you. I'm glad you made it by. We just uh, did your headshot. What do you think of the headshot experience? You know, I got to I got to turn the nose down and the and the chin forward. It's uh <laughs> it's a new experience for me. Yeah, it's a little different for uh, for a lot of people. They're not used to standing in front of the camera like yeah. that, but um, I look at my dome all day, every day, so it's hard to, <laughs> you're on, you're on webcam <laughs> every day. So you're, you're seeing yourself all the time. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, why don't you tell everybody, uh, who you are and, uh, what you currently do, and then we'll touch base on your former life. All right. Well, cool. So, um, well, my name's Charlie Sims. Um, and I think that the answer to that's difficult, right? I'm a, I'm a business consultant. Um, I work directly with mostly small businesses, uh, gym facilities. Um, a lot of people that I work with don't have a facility even. They just work one-on-one as a as an online coach, a fitness coach online for transformations, things like that. Um, but I work with a company called Gym Launch. Um, they were a enormous factor in the kind of resurrection of my failing business uh, years ago. And after the sale of the business, um, coincidentally and providentially there was great timing involved um they were starting a new coaching prog- uh coaching de- department i guess that probably is the best word to use um and i was a good fit for that because i had implemented all of their systems and programs and was a full full on believer of how all of the process worked from the very beginning the fears that everybody goes into it with the anticipation of hopes and dreams of what's to come and all of that and kind of saw it through to its logical conclusion. Um, so I work with, uh, currently right now about 90, um, small business owners. We oh, meet wow. on a regular basis. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a little bit of a, um, organizational puzzle that I have to fix pretty much every single day. Right. So is that 90 calls a week? No, 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 no. no. I, I mean, in a good ideal scenario, that would be 90 calls Every two weeks. Every two weeks. Yeah, so 45 so a week. We're set on a... The schedule might not line up just exactly like that yet. Exactly. So there, there's a lot of people, um, and this is probably true across the board for a lot of businesses, where people are paying for the product and they're not utilizing it, right? I know that was the case at the gym. Whenever I had the gym, my own, my own gym, um, there's a lot of people who would essentially just make, you know monthly donations to the, right. you know, to the account. And we were grateful for that and we'd be happy to service them. Um, and I do, I send out reach outs to these non-responsive gym owners on a very recurring basis, you know, multiple times a week saying, Hey, I'm here. I'm here to help. Um, I don't bite. Right. <laughs> Get on my schedule and here's a link <laughs> to, to, to hop in with me. So, so I keep myself very busy. There's a lot of work involved with it. Um, but I do it all from the comfort of my own home. Yeah, which is nice. So that's a a, lo- a luxury a lot of people don't have of, you know, being able to work from your own home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess 
for lack of better terms, kind of set your own schedule because, you know, you get to schedule the consultations with the gym owners and um, I guess they kind of have to tailor it around you a little bit. I have availability. So I have certain times of the day when I can have calls and they're very short. So they're very like direct on purpose, focused conversations um, with it's coaching. So like I'm giving them work to do between our calls and when they come in, they need to report back to me how they've done and what are the results. And so then we can course correct after that. Does this work involve uh, like lead capture tasks and uh, marketing tasks and copywriting tasks and things like that? Or oftentimes it's uh, it's based on whatever their biggest gap is in their business. So if somebody, for example, if they're excellent with client acquisition, meaning you can, you can market effectively via whatever vehicle you choose to use. Um, you can nurture those leads into a conversation and then you have an effective sales process. So you have good acquisition, but your fulfillment is kind of janky. Mm, right. <laughs> then yeah. at that person, the, conver- the conversation is then focused on, okay, so let's talk about retention. Let's talk about ensuring that the people actually get the thing that you promised them in the sales conversation. Sure. In my experience, like that's the exact opposite of um, experience for a lot of people is where they're really good at the fulfillment process of, you know, owning a gym or operating a gym, but they're very poor at, you know, client acquisition. That's true. Well, and that, I think the problem that a lot of gym owners go with, and this has been my experience for a, a really good percentage of the people that I work with right now is they don't truly believe that they're worth the money that they need to charge. Oh yeah. That's definitely a problem. And you know, And you and I were having this conversation just a few minutes before this, like, how do you justify a, you know, close to mortgage payment in somebody's mind? And like, so I have that conversation with people. I'm like, okay, listen, what are all of the things that you could give them to justify them paying you a thousand dollars every month? Right. And they come up with this list of list of like, okay, I could do this and I could do this and we could do this and we could also do this. I'm like, okay, well how much would it cost you to do that as a business owner? Do the math, find out what your cost of fulfillment is. Right. And then you can actually create the program that those people will purchase because it'll be worth more to them because you're not going to charge a thousand dollars. It's worth a thousand dollars, but you're not going to charge that much. Um, because then you have what's called a mafia offer. Yeah. Right. And then they're going to have a hard time themselves if they don't believe in the value they're providing. Um, When they're having that conversation with their client, they're not going to come off as, you know, um, confident or, you know, uh, expecting that the client, you know, would be interested in doing their program because they don't think it's worth the money they're trying to sell it for. That's true. And they, I think a lot of times, and this may be just true for gym owners, but I don't think it is. I think it's true across the board where somebody who doesn't have a lot of money has a hard time justifying somebody else spending a lot of money for the thing that they think is easy. Right. No, I think that's a a business owner problem in general, right? Because we're never our ideal client. No. Ever. We think we because are. Because we know what we're do- we know how to do the, you know, create the product and mm-hmm. this and kind of stuff. For us it's easy, so it's not worth a lot because to us we know how to do it. For everybody else though, who doesn't know, you know, it's worth plenty. I tell people all the day, all, all day long, I'm saying, you know, these people are out there spending thousands of dollars every year trying to lose weight or trying to get this desired outcome that they have in their heart that they want to achieve. And you have the path. 
you have the path, you've got the tools and you've got the expertise necessary to help them achieve that. It's worth it. It's worth it. And when you, it's funny, uh, when we measure retention, right? Retention is part of the fulfillment side of sure. our business metrics. Um, when we measure retention, one of the things that is a surprise to a lot of the gym owners is oftentimes, more often than not, the people who are paying a higher dollar amount are kept on a longer term. It's the cheap memberships that people just toss out the window. Yeah, that makes sense. It's way easier to quit something like that. Yeah. So you don't have any skin in the game when mm-hmm. it's $10 a month. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I think that's what's hard for a lot of these small business owners is to be able to think this was my side hustle. This was my passion project that now has become a real big boy job. And I have to be able to provide not just enough to keep the, the doors open and the lights on, but Oh shoot, I've got people that I'm responsible for paying for their lifestyles too. Right. Right. My staff and you know, help that's on board and then and your family, my own family. <laughs> right. And the thought is, I think the, the most frustrating thing that I, I come into is people with their goals of keeping the doors open. And I'm like, that's not a business. That's a hobby. Yeah. Right. And it's okay if that's what you want. If you want to have a hobby, please, by all means have a hobby, but it's not a business. A business only exists to turn a profit for the owner. Right. Right. And we can make fun of that. We can criticize that. We can call it, you know, greedy or whatever. It's not. It's just the reality of the, the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. It, and it's, it's a win-win. It's a win-win. How, how can I have this conversation with people such that I give them exactly what they want in exchange for, for the thing that I want? Right. Right. Um, it's a, it's a abundant exchange, I think is the probably the best word to use for <laughs> yeah, I kinda it. I kind of like that. So that's pretty good. So, uh, you're in your consulting thing now and you be, before you got into this, you know, you were a gym owner yourself, mm-hmm. right? So you've got that, uh, hands-on real life experience of, you know, running, operating a business, paying for staff, and, and all that stuff. So how long did you own Regen for? Okay, so yeah, my CrossFit gym. I had a CrossFit gym here in Louisville. Um, CrossFit Regeneration, if you've ever heard of it, it's because I tried my butt off to get the message out. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's in J-Town here in, here in Louisville. Um, I owned that gym for six and a half years. Okay. Um, yeah, six and a half, seven and a, seven and a half years. Dang. Okay. Time Age. goes by. Yeah. So <laughs> we started it with no money, literally. Like my wife and I were missionaries. Um, we lived off donations for the uh, majority of the first part of our marriage. And um, I made a little bit of extra side hustle money, if you want to use the word side sure. hustle. I know that's part of your intro. Um, as a personal trainer. And I found out that I was pretty good at it. And so I was like, you know what? I could be a personal trainer and have my own gym. And think training people was the same as running a business. Totally different. Like a very smart guy, right? Like, do yep. I look, maybe I'm dumber than I look, but. <laughs> I, um, I, I've, uh, I've made the same mistake. <laughs> so so I, I, I probably would have been initially, I think I would have been happier just to stay an excellent trainer and not have to worry about any of the headache related to business. But what I found is that the hard work of learning business, I didn't want to. I didn't want to learn it. I just wanted to like hire it out or pay somebody else to, or what is that word? Uh, Outsource. Outsource it, man. Yeah, I just wanted to outsource all the hard things, the frustrating things, the detail work. And it it almost cost me 
my business. It almost cost me really in a lot of ways my whole life because things were crumbling completely. You know, I just through grit and hard work made it made it work for, you know, for the first shoot until 2016. I was just trying my best. And then 2017, the bottom fell out and I just couldn't figure out a way to just keep the money enough to be able to even pay myself. So I was, I think towards the end of 2017, we had gone five months without a paycheck. Oh, wow. Like no money, right? Not just like, right. I mean, and we didn't have a savings account to back fall back on. Fortunately, we were living with my wife's parents. So we were kind of inhabiting some of that and having some of the, uh, you know, I don't know, whatever you would call it, just the float that happened because of it. Yeah. I mean, you're fortunate that you had that opportunity Mm -hmm. as well. So, um, it, it, it put me in this place of like, I will give somebody money to get this thing out of my hands. Right. And I was actually actively shopping it out, trying to find a buyer. Um, and I had three people on the hook, you know, three people on the hook, which was hard to do because I didn't want it getting back to the members, not until right. it was already a done deal. Absolutely. Um, because then that creates this unease and whatever. But I was, I was miserable and I was desperate at the time. And I think a lot of the folks, and you were there at that time, like you could probably smell it on me, you know? And, um, towards the end of that year, 2017, I was kind of in a place where I was in a place where I was finally ready to listen. And that's when I saw an ad for gym launch and the company that I now work for. And I, you know, jumped in like, Full on, 100%, I don't care. I'm going to trust the process. I'm going to do exactly copy and paste what I'm told. And I did that, and it it saved the business. I learned marketing. Yeah. I learned sales. I learned of these skills that I didn't develop. I just tried hard. Right. <laughs> you know? So uh, I find marketing pretty fascinating, and you know the things that speak to each person is different. Mm-hmm. You know, what about the gym launch ad caught your eye that made you think, man, I'm going to, I'm going to click on this thing and see what it's about. Do you so, remember? Yeah. Well, so like at the time, the way that we were, they were well, the way that gym launch was kind of directing their marketing material. It was uh, more about this whole, like give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day and teach a man to fish and he'll eat for the rest of his life. No okay. concept. So they, they played like a, uh, uh, what is that a metaphor that, uh, you know, plays to your background and history as a missionary and things like that. So that was something you could understand. Yeah. In a lot of ways, sense. ultimately I didn't want somebody to do the work for me. Right. Cause we tried that. We tried different companies who would kind of, you know, we'll, we'll do all the marketing for you and you just pay us a percentage of all the people who show up. Right. Right. And you know, that was nice for a time because I was able to keep the business going without having the skills of keeping the business going. And I saw kind of a, that, that road comes to an end at some point. And so I needed to, I needed to actually build the skill sets and the mindsets and the tactics related to being a businessman, not just covering the needs for the next three or five weeks. Right. Right. And so the the appeal of that ad was we will not only give you all the tools and tactics necessary, but they are proven across an, eno- an enormous uh, sample size 
of gyms who have done, done this process effectively. And so I was convinced. And at that point it was literally, I think that the, the word that I used for kick, cause it was an expensive program, very expensive. Um, jumping in initially, it was like, we didn't pay our rent. We didn't pay our payroll. We put everything on hold. And I was thinking, I mean, if this works, then great. If it doesn't work, then I'm just going to have to close the business anyway. Right. You know, I was kind of at that point where it was like, Pretty, eh, yeah, yeah, I'm scared that I'm going to have to go get another yeah, job. That's, but big, that's about it. That's a big risk to take at that point. So I was pretty much leveraged. Didn't have any, any uh, remaining debt available to me. I didn't have any cash flow. Like we had to wait till the membership money came in on the first of the month, you know, and then I took that money and gave it away and then spent whatever was left of that on Facebook marketing on stuff that I'd never done in my life. Right. So I remember I was going through the training and it was like, you know, setting up a landing page and how to create your, you know, your ads on Facebook and here's how you optimize that and stuff like that. And I was like pushing play on the how to video and then like pausing it and then going and doing it and then pushing play and then pausing it and then going and do it. So it took me, you know, an hour to go through a 10 minute video. Yeah, I've been there. So <laughs> I've done that, you know, but when somebody's desperate, when their back's against the wall and they don't have another choice, you kind of figure it out. You You're do what do you it. have to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and it worked for us. It worked really well. Um, we doubled our revenues um, in short order and then continued to kind of maintain and grow and slowly kind of inch forward over the course of the next year and I began to have a measure of confidence, right? I knew how to do it at that point. I knew the, the, the tactics and the skills necessary. I had, go, I had grown into a businessman, not just a trainer who had a business. Right. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's the, the problem most of, you know, people have is, like you were talking about earlier, you know, you want to turn your hobby into something you could make money with. But doing your hobby or whatever it is, is different than doing business. Oh yeah. And, and you have to have a completely different mindset, mm-hmm. um, which is sometimes, well, not sometimes, almost all the time, hard to set in unless well, you've done business before. Absolutely. You know? And a friend of mine, a friend of mine emailed me, this guy I went to high school with, um, he emailed me. He's like, Hey man, uh, I, so I've got this guy that is, he wants to be a trainer and he's got a thousand questions. Do you want to take five minutes and chat with him? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll chat with this, you know, college kid. It'd be fun. Um, so I've been pinging back and forth on messenger with this kid. Um, and he's like gung ho about being a personal trainer and he wants to, you know, start his own little business and this and that. And I was like, cool. You know, I'm on board for that. I train people in that all day, every day. And I asked him, I said, how do you, how do you do with sales? He said, well, you know, people tell me that I'm pretty good. Like you can, okay. So like, have you gotten money from anyone for anything ever? You know? Right. Um, but then I asked him, so how much are you worth? How much is an hour of your time worth? And that was three days ago and I haven't gotten an answer yet from him because that's the thing. Like nobody Nobody has any idea what their value is because, you know, I, I think I heard a story about this boat that was broke down and it, you know, these people kept like trying to figure out how to fix it. And they brought in consultant after consultant after consultant to figure out what was going wrong with their, with this boat and why it wouldn't turn on or whatever. And, uh, they finally got this one guy in. He's like, I'll fix your boat. It'll be a hundred thousand dollars, you know, something outrageous. And, uh, they were like, okay, you know, 
please, finally, one person who's confident that they can fix our boat. And he goes in there with a wrench, tightens one bolt, <laughs> opens up his hand and says, give me the cash. And they're like, what? All you did was turn the wrench. He said, okay, cool. It's $99,000 for the knowledge and $1,000 for the actual wrench turn. Right. And the knowledge, the time that you invest in actually acquiring the expertise necessary to give somebody what they actually want, which they wanted the boat fixed. They got the end result right. that they wanted um, is worth getting paid for. And people need that leverage. Cause you put go. a lot of time, effort, energy, you know, everything mm-hmm. to, to get into the point where you're at now, where you can have that knowledge and expertise to pass on to people or to, you know, provide a product or a service or whichever direction you're heading. Yeah. Yep. So. And I've, I, it's interesting. So my, my latest almost obsession has been like persuasive writing. Okay. I never, so <laughs> I was never great at it. Um, and I don't think that I'm great at it yet. However, uh, it's interesting for me to notice and think through the difference between ads. So like I'm watching, you know, I'll watch a YouTube video and I'll see ads. And instead of like, being mad. I used to be real mad whenever the ads would show up and it'd be like, skip ad, you know, now you're watching them. I'm watching them. I'm like, well, what is the message? Who are they trying to talk to? What's the stack? And like the stack, here's what this is worth. Here's what this is worth. Here's what this is worth. And I'm only asking you for this much, right? This is impossible to say no to now. Right. Like, and then I take notes on what I've bought. Like, you know, we just got done with the holidays and I'm looking back over, you know, the season of buying crap and, I'm like, okay, well, what is it? What are the what are the things that enticed me well enough to make me want that thing? Yeah. And how was it communicated to me? And I think that there's a lot that we can we can learn about that, especially in the world that we live in, where Facebook marketing, or Instagram, or YouTube, all these crazy. There's so many rules associated with what's going to get you, you know, flagged or deactivated. Like you can get your whole account just closed for nothing. Yep. Um, and it's not for nothing. There's rules and they're legit, but we have to know them. We have to understand yeah. why. But the cool thing is, and I've been preaching this from the mountaintops on my, to my gym owners, is that's not applicable inside of email. That's not applicable inside of Messenger. That's not applicable inside of a phone call. Like all of the things that get you flagged on Facebook for, you know, whatever, uh, you know, breaking their rules. You can say the things that you used to be able to say. Yeah, you just have to do it in a different format. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, everything has its vehicle. Yeah. I just learned the other day that uh, you can go into your Facebook settings and you can view every ad you've clicked on. And so I was I was messing around with that the other day and you know like man, what did I what did I click on and I wonder why, you know, this ad, you know, like you know, attracted me and stuff like that. So that's kind of neat too. You can actually see all of that. If you go to a page, if that page is running ads, across the right side, it'll say page transparency. And you can see all the ads that they're running. Oh, can you? Right. And so there's this thing that we're, we're oh, that's cool. talking I didn't know about that. right now called funnel hacking. Oh, yeah. And so if you're like, okay, uh, who is a very successful example of what I'm trying to achieve? And what is their Facebook page? Go to the Facebook page and see what ads they're running. Yeah. And find out, okay, so is there stuff that I have that they don't? Is there stuff that they have that I don't? What's sure. making them so effective? And maybe it's like, hey, this person's really, really effective or really successful in Chicago, but I'm here in Louisville. Cool. I'm not in competition with them. Yeah. I can exactly. talk to them. 
I can send them a message and be like, yeah. hey, man, we're brothers. Let me, please teach me your ways. You know? I think I think it even, if you were in Louisville, you can talk to them if they were both there because the market share yeah. is so big. I mean, there's a million people here, you know, and you're not going to run a million people through your gym, no. you know. And, and so, I mean, really, there's no competition for you. The only competition you have is is yourself and, yeah. you know, the people that you can get through the door. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm in a Facebook marketing group for headshot photographers. And there's three photographers in Chicago that they bid on the same jobs, you know, they talk to the same clients, but they're like best friends. You know, they're not competing with each other. They're Mm -hmm. just doing their thing. You know, if they get the client, that's great. If not, you know, Hey, I hope my friend gets it, you know, that kind of thing. So then that's the way, you know, you should really run business. I think it's a perspective that there are so many people that want what I offer that I'm not really trying to compete. The, the, the idea of saturation doesn't exist. So yeah. I, I was thinking about this. So somebody was like, ah, just trying to figure, there's a couple other gyms who are doing the same things that we're doing. And I'm like, listen, go to Kroger, <laughs> just go to Kroger, which, you know, your local Kroger and look at what you see. And they were like, why? I'm like, okay. So I was at Kroger yesterday. <laughs> I go to Kroger basically three times a week now because <laughs> I'm trying to eat right all the time. And, um, so I'm, you know, I pull up to the Kroger and it's a thousand cars in the parking lot and I go inside and I walk around for a full half an hour. And this is like a mile from my house. So it's my neighborhood Kroger. Right. You know, and I don't know a soul. Exactly. I don't recognize a single person in that entire place, even though I'm there all the time. And I think in a week I might see somebody that how long, I know. How long have you lived in Louisville? Dude. I mean, since 2001. Yeah. So you've been here 18 years. Yeah. You can walk to the grocery store and never see anybody you know. Yeah. I'm like, J-Town. J-Town's my place, right? Yeah. Like, I could run for mayor in J-Town. <laughs> you know, no, I can't. Like, nobody knows me. Right. I know the the handful of people that frequent the little haunts that I'm at. Yeah, exactly. Know? So there's there's no limit. And that's the thing that I tell these gym owners. I'm like, also go to Kroger and look around and see how many soft people you look at. Right. Yeah. Not just overweight by a lot, but just soggy. They're all customers. And every single, there's not a soul on earth that is a hundred percent happy with their body. You learn that, you know, as a gym owner for one, as a headshot photographer, you learn that as well. Cause nobody, very few people are happy with the way they think they're going to look on camera when they come into this, come in, you know, ideally, you know, we, we turn them away with a a better idea of how Mm -hmm. they look, but a lot of people are terrified to look at the computer screen and see, see themselves on camera. Yeah. You know, and that's, I was asking you before we started, there's a a pain point, right? Carl, can you, uh, can you fix my brown teeth? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That too. You know, (laughs) got this coffee stain going on. Oh, about that. You know, I think that's a, a human thing is to be kind of, uh, unsatisfied We're to insecure. a point insecure. Yeah. 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 I think that's kind of just natural across the board. And what I, what I think the thing that I've found on a lot of ways is I know that everybody's insecure on some level. And so it makes me more secure. Like it's almost like I've harnessed that <laughs> insecurity to a level that I'm at a place where I don't, I don't care who I'm talking to. Right. <laughs> and so it, it just, Okay, you know, like... That's where you need to be. You got to put your pants on the same way as me, you know? Yeah. Two legs at a time. Do you ever listen to Gary V? Every now and then, yeah. his podcast, you know, mm-hmm. he's... It doesn't matter who he's talking to, you know, he's just telling them the way it is. Yeah. And, you know, 
I think you got to get to that point at some point. That's we've got a uh, we've got a, a core tenant inside of our company that uh, basically lives by that code. It's it's we don't sugarcoat it, you know. Like you can you can put sugar on just about anything and make it palatable, but the truth doesn't need sugar, right? Like the truth is the truth is the truth, and if I try to protect you from the truth. I'm not really protecting you're you hurt, anything. You're, you're hurting mm-hmm. them. And then, you know, it's hard to run a coaching or a consulting business if you don't have, if these people don't trust that you're going to give them the hard news or the, the hard truth. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's yeah. why they're hiring you. That's what they want. They don't want to hear it, but that's what they want. They don't want the hard work. That too. Right. Yeah. So a lot of times when I tell them, here's what you have to do, those are the people like, it's a decision that people have to make. They have to be willing to go through the, the ringer, if you will, to have the desired outcome, right? Just like if you tell somebody you're going to have to go on a, you know, you're going to go into a calorie deficit. It's going to be really uncomfortable for a little while, but you know what? You're going to start losing weight. Right. You're going to start feeling better. Your sleep's going to improve. Like the, all the things that you really want are going to happen. You just got to do But you got to go through the uncomfortable <laughs> part and the, the pre-thought and the, you know, the planning and consistency and overcoming temptations and all the stuff that, but it, it translates into every single area of our lives. And I think that that's, what's powerful about what I do is we have this privilege of transforming like people's minds, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and I, I think so for me, I went from a gym owner to a consultant of gym owners and they're like, well, Charlie, didn't you set out to be a trainer? And I said, I set out to change lives. And what I've done is I've gotten this privilege now of changing the lives of the people who change lives. Right. So it's almost like I'm, I'm like one step removed from yeah. all of the transformations. You're, you're moving people. towards the top of the pyramid. Ha, yeah. You know, that feels it's not weird. a pyramid scheme, <laughs> but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, everything, you know, you're, you're doing things that are trickling down to a lot mm-hmm. of people. Um, you know, just by helping one gym owner, he's going to go help his, you know, 60, 70 clients, clients, Mm -hmm. you know, and who knows what these clients are doing when they leave. That's the wife of a, you know, of a really beat up husband and they've got three kids and those kids are all going to be impacted. I mean, like the empowerment of the transformations that my gym owners offer is overwhelming to me sometimes. Like they, they will tell me, I'm asking them all the time. Like, tell me the stories of some of your people, right? I've, you know, I was talking to a gym owner today. They had a hundred pound weight loss. Wow. Right. In That's a year, impressive. somebody lost a hundred pounds in a year. And I'm like, we need to talk to that person. Yeah. What are the lessons you can gain from that person's experience of losing a hundred pounds in one year? Yeah. You know, speaking of lessons, I'm going to pivot here a little bit, but Knowing where you were with Regen before you found Gym Launch and knowing what you know now, if you had to give one piece of advice to somebody who is where you were, what would that be? Mm. Man, that's a, well, it's a humiliating answer because I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't willing, I'll put it this way, I wasn't willing to do the detail work then. And so the answer that I would probably throw out to that is Charlie, friend of Charlie's or whatever, yeah. you have to know what your clients are worth to you, 
right? Because then you know exactly how much you can spend to acquire a client. And then you know exactly how much you can spend to keep a client and to fulfill a client. Because I think, I think that uh, a lot of gym owners forget what their job is. A lot of business owners forget what their job is. Yeah. Right? Their job is to turn a profit. That's the job. You got to make enough money to keep the lights on and to keep the, the money showing up in your wallet. Your wife matters. Your sons matter. Your daughters matter. Like those people matter. You matter for crying out loud. Like yeah. as a business owner, if you don't think that you matter, I mean, that's a big problem too. Sure. So, and I think that that was the belief that I slowly was starting to let infect me back then was that I, I had given away so much in the form of like, one, I wasn't charging nearly enough to the people who were coming. As much as I loved love, <laughs> I still go there. You still, yeah. yeah I still go there. <laughs> as much as I love those people, um, on a lot of levels, I was buying their dinner every day because of the fact that I wasn't giving, I wasn't giving them the right price. And even more on top of that, I was giving a lot of people discounts because of certain things, right? Like you're in the fire department, so you get a discount right. or whatever. And... I got in the six and a half years, seven and six, yeah, six and a half, however long, long time that I had that business, I got two people, two people who like came back to me and gave me a legitimate thank you for the like fact that I was willing to work with them price wise and that kind of thing. Yeah. Right. You give that discount, there's a thanks right there. But that's it. But there's never a remain that. Okay. So that amount is now what this product is worth to you. Right. And it's not worth the true price. It's worth what it's now been. And if I change that at all on you, now there's bitterness, there's frustration. Yeah. Whatever. And so, you know, and then there's frustration on both sides. Yeah. You're, you're frustrated. You're not getting what you think you're worth or know mm -hmm. you're worth. And they're frustrated because they've been paying a discounted rate for who knows how long. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it, and it was it was such a painful experience to have to go through that process with people, and so telling people right now, like, and I, I have this conversation with gym owners all the time, like I've got a guy, he's got three hundred members, wow, in a CrossFit facility, and it's a you know it's a full, there's no room for more people, it's a small facility full, and I'm like, you have to raise your price, you have to, because he's he's this close to going out of business, he's, with three hundred members, with three hundred members, yeah. And I'm like, this problem doesn't add up, <laughs> right? Right. He's trying to pay his own bills by doing personal training on the side. Wow. And I'm thinking, no, your business needs to fix. And that's what I'm telling him to do. He just hasn't been willing to do it yet. Because sure. it's, it's, it's scary. It's a very, very scary conversation. Because mm -hmm. on, some, on some levels, I'd love to get, you know, two thirds of your money than zero of it. Yeah. You know? Exactly. So. You know, this is like... You know, I think we were talking about it earlier, but you know, at some point you raise your rates, you're going to lose some of these clients, but they're not your clients anymore, mm -hmm. right? Your new clients are the ones that value what you're going to give them at the rate that you're asking them for. Yeah. And so you may have fewer clients, you might, but they're going to value what you do and you're probably going to make more because you're charging more with mm -hmm. fewer clients. So there's nothing wrong with that. It's no. just hard to get there mentally to say, I'm going to say goodbye to a hundred out of these 300 people because I raised my rate and yeah. the guy down the street 
you know, he's going to get all of the people that I work right. really hard and love and yeah. And, th- but th- I think that that's where I had to change my mindset because as much as I love all the people at the gym, I can't expect in fairness, a reciprocation of that love. It was unfair of me to expect that from my clients. Right. Right. And so also on top of that, it was also unfair for me to give a discount <laughs> to someone when I wasn't willing to give that discount to someone else. Yeah. Right. So that was a matter the the thing that, f- that fixed it in my head was I had a mentor who, who looked me in the eye and he said, you're a man of integrity, right? I said, I like to think so. And I try to do what I say I'm going to do and that and that. And he said, how many people are paying more than this person and this person and this person and this person? What do you mean? What do you mean? I tried, I tried as hard as I could to wiggle out of it, but I couldn't because I was giving somebody something and I was giving somebody else the exact same thing and they were paying different prices. Right. And that's not equitable. You know? It's hard, yeah. So I had I had to put it on a level of, you know what? Like, if I'm going to give you a discount, I'm paying for it out of my own wallet. That's essentially what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, It's still going to the business. The business is getting paid for it. But then... <laughs> That had a shelf life. Yeah. <laughs> very short shelf life. Exactly. Right? Because for a long time, I didn't have that cash. Yeah. And I still, I mean, like, even when we were really kind of turning the corner and starting to make the business functional and working well, and at that point, there was so much debt that I had acquired over the years that I still never actually truly, I went, I went into the process of, like, finally breaking off and that's when we sold the business. Okay. <laughs> right when I freaking yeah. got out of debt. So, well, it seems like it's uh, worked out and been a positive thing for, for not only the the owner who purchased the gym, but for you as well. Mm-hmm. So it seems like both of you are enjoying some different forms of success now. So yeah, it's so fun to see. Uh, you know, the new owner is doing things in a way that's completely different than I ever did, or probably ever would. But I also get to jo- I get to have the enjoyment of not having the pressure of keeping up with all this stuff. And we had a Christmas where we didn't have to worry about like, usually don't turn during the latter half of the year. That's when folks start to kind of drop off membership. You yeah. know, other priorities step in. Hey, it's basketball season in Louisville. You know, people want to watch basketball. So, um, and Christmas and all the presents and everything. Yep. So anyway, um, I didn't have to worry about any of that stuff. Yeah. It's nice. I just got to actually <laughs> enjoy being at the gym with the people. Sure. Which is what I always wanted is, to do in the first that place. That was your goal to mm-hmm. start with. Yep. So. Well, that's awesome. So let me ask you a couple random questions now to, to just to kind of veer off a little bit. <laughs> Maybe it's not random. I don't know. I asked this to Shane. He was my previous guest, but he does a lot of things. So how many revenue streams do you currently have um, working for you? Cool. I have uh, I have two. Cool. And that's it. So. So. My main gig is with Gym Launch. Um, I, that's a salary job. I got some bonuses. I mean, it's a really great opportunity for me, and I love it. Um, and then I still have my affiliate through the supplement company that we work with. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, we have some of the best supplements that I've ever used as far as in fitness. And um, my affiliate with them is still open. So I, I you know... It's not much, but like 
if somebody's asking me like, Hey man, what should I take? I'm like, here, have right. This. Take this. <laughs> so and then every little bit adds up at the mm-hmm. end of the year anyway. So yeah, yeah. Still, so two, still a revenue stream. So I know you're, you're new to coaching, consulting, however you want to call it. But if you could do any other job in the world, mm-hmm. what would you want to do? Hmm. Man, I, I really love what I'm doing. I think that if I had it, if I had it perfect, it would be more comprehensive. I would still do consulting. I would still do coaching, but it would be more comprehensive in the sense that um, life is not just about business and money. Um, I think that relationships, you know, family, spirituality, um, physical health, like all that stuff is a big mesh. It looks like a rat's nest, you know, yeah. just like a tangle of all kinds of, and, and one piece impacts the other pieces, impacts the other pieces. Sure. And I, uh, That's my wife calling me, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know you real well, but it seems to me like you probably do that kind of already with the people that are in your life. Yeah. You know, with the, the folks you go to church with and mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff that, you know, you're, you're helping them along the way already and kind of, kind of doing that thing. You not may not be focusing your attention on it, and you may do be doing it without even knowing you're doing it. But I'm sure you're already doing it. Yeah, and that's true. So. I mean, I think that because of the overlap, the the cascading elements of all the pieces of our life, it provides no no stopping to the conversation. So I've always got gaps. You've always got gaps where are those gaps and how do we, how do we go about a strategic approach towards filling them? Right. You know? Yeah. Cool. I like that answer. That was good. Mm-hmm. So, uh, been in Louisville since 2001, 2001. What's been your favorite place to eat since Ooh. you've been in Louisville? Mm, favorite place to eat. Maybe it's closed down now or maybe it's still open. You don't <laughs> need to go out anymore, I guess. I, well, yeah. My <laughs> kitchen. <laughs> Uh, Who's the cook? You or your wife? Oh, me. Okay. Yeah, she she makes some good things, but uh, it's funny with this this whole nutrition gig that I've been running lately. At uh, my food is very boring, but it is delicious. <laughs> I've fallen in love with vegetables, and it's one of those things. Like I remember, I looked at my uh, I'm I'm skirting the answer because I haven't thought of what my favorite restaurant is yet. Um, but I looked at my goals for 2015. Right. It's five years ago now at this point. Yeah. I was like, well, how do I want to be different? And it was this list of a bunch of those 15 things for 2015, you know, and one of them was learn to like vegetables. And okay. I'm looking back on that, I'm like, oh, crap, I freaking hit that. You know, I nailed it. You know? <laughs> five years later. Yeah. Or four years so, later. <laughs> um, my five year anniversary. So I've been married now 15 years in May. Uh, but our five year anniversary, we, we used to live on Lower Brownsboro Road. Um near downtown Louisville and we were next door neighbors to Pat's Steakhouse. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Pat's Steakhouse was like this, uh, you know, mythical God to me. I was like, I always saw, you know, really nice cars and super well-dressed people going in there. And I found out that it was cash only. And like, I don't know if that's still the case. I I don't either. But, uh, anyway, um, I made a reservation. Like I walked next door to make a (laughs) reservation, make a reservation to, to Pat's and, uh, we had steak and it was delicious and it was wonderful. And it was a bit of a letdown for me because I had built it up to be this oh, like yeah. overwhelmingly <laughs> fantastic experience. And I, I, you know, 
looking back on it, I'm like, they delivered exactly what they said they would and it was good and I loved it. But I think that the romanticization, romanticizing of that experience was pretty interesting to me. And so I'm, I'm looking back at places that I've eaten and almost every place that I go has something fantastic in there. I agree. And there's also stuff that's completely forgettable. And what, I, what I'm taking away from this question is I remember places based on the people I was there with. Okay, that's fair. And you remember the experience more than mm-hmm. more than the, the taste of the food. Or, yeah. And that was that was a, 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 a so I have a coach who I'm working with one on one right now who's basically working with me on my nutrition practice. And one of the things that um, he encouraged me to consider was, you know, what is the reward? Right. What is the you know, what is the price that you're paying? What is the reward? And um, I remember I, I saw a picture of I'm going to get to the real point of this in just a second. <laughs> I saw a picture of um, a friend of mine who they took their kids to Krispy Kreme. Right. And it was the, under the caption. It was on Facebook, I think, or or Instagram. And they said under the cap, it was a we got to have a donut for every A on the report card. Right. And so my interpretation of that is this is my culture. This is the culture that I live in where the celebration is the food. Yeah. And what I'm, what I'm trying to as hard as I can buck against and turn and pivot on is the celebration is the people you're with. The celebration is the experience. And you can have, I went to a birthday party for a friend of mine at uh, beer nose. No mellow mushroom. It's a pizza place. Yeah. Doesn't matter. And there, you know, it smelled great. They were eating it. And I had my, uh, you know, package of boiled chicken well i had you know <laughs> instapot chicken i had yeah, some chicken okay. i had some That's not as you bad. know <laughs> some cold, it was on a it was on a calorie cut that i was doing at the time and i was like showing up with my tupperware yeah and the waitress made fun of me and my buddies made fun of me and they're drinking beer and they're having the you know pretzels and dip cheese dip and everything and it was like oh man i'm missing out but i didn't miss out on a moment Right. You were I didn't there. miss out on anything. I got to have probably the most unique experience out of that entire group, out of that entire room. Right. And I think that what I'm doing right now, as it relates to restaurants, I'm going and I'm eating the food of the restaurants now. I'm not t- showing up with Tupperwares, but um, the the experience is what matters. The people that you're there with right. are what really matter. Yep. So that makes sense. I, I I mean that's why we take vacations, right? Mm-hmm. And so we can have the experience of trying something new and enjoying it with the people that we love in our life, you know. That's yeah. that's what a vacation is about. I mean, uh my wife and I just did our honeymoon in September for 2 weeks, you know, and and all those experiences, you know, they're going to be with us for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to remember the crappy breakfast sandwich we had, <laughs> but we're no. going to remember, you know, the hike up the white mountains, you know, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. So yeah. that's fantastic. I mean, yeah. that's a cool thing to think about. Like it puts relevance to, it puts relevance to the pressure we put on ourselves to make the right choice of what I'm going to eat. Like every restaurant just about will give you a vegetable and some chicken. Yeah. I mean, you could go anywhere and you can have a vegetable and some chicken. You can eat healthy and be happy because you're there with the people that matter to you. Right. You exactly. Know? Good. So. I like that. Well, Charlie, I appreciate you coming by and 
sharing your story with us. So uh, one more question for you is, uh, how do you keep it weird here in Louisville? How do I keep it weird? Um, I don't know. I walk around in my Thanos gear sometimes. Just you for you the got Thanos gear? Yeah, man. Nice. So, My little I, nephew got a Thanos doll for Christmas, and he was so excited. My uh, so one of my one of my buddies with Jim Lunch, he's probably like the smartest. I don't know. He's probably the smartest person I've ever talked to. You ever get into that conversation with somebody who's not just like smarter than you, but they're you know tiers and levels yep. smarter than you? I've known people like that. That's that's this guy, and uh, you know he was having he was like leading a dialogue, and uh, I'm like, dude, you you sound a whole lot like Thanos right now. And he's like, man, Thanos didn't take it far enough. And I was like, what? He goes, <laughs> he goes, uh, you know, if he really wanted to actually truly make a difference. He needs to take it down to about 3%, not half, but about 3%, half. And you're back to where you're back to the same problems, you know, 25 years later, he's like 3% and we got some ways to go. So <laughs> like, good Lord. All right. But, but, uh, so where do we find you walking around in your Thanos gear? I want to oh, see this. You know, it's all in the, you know, in the, in the digital world. Oh, world. Okay. So you got my Hydra shirt and my Thanos posters and <laughs> random crap. Actually, I, I'm huge into the Avengers movies. I, lo- I love all of them. I think they're super fun. Um, my current goal is to like get jacked like Captain America. Oh you yeah. Know? <laughs> so. I mean, if there's anyone that could do it, I believe in you. <laughs> it's so funny. So, so. that's right. how I'm weird. I think I'm a weird guy because of that, but, uh, I don't know that I'm unique in that. Well, there's plenty of people who love the Avengers, so definitely not unique, no, but, that's uh, true. everyone could put their own spin on it that, uh, can make it a little bit weird. So. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Well, I love being here, Carl, with you. So, it's been, yeah, thanks it's for been... coming by. I appreciate it. I definitely enjoyed the conversation um, the whole time, the whole experience. So um, we'll uh, catch you next time. All right, buddy. All right. We'll do it again. Ya. Thanks for listening to 502 Entrepreneurs. You can find our site online at www.502entrepreneurs.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast through whichever service you listen to. Thanks again.